four, please. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the six o'clock pairing. On the tee, from River West, please welcome Gabe Neitzel. Also on the tee, from the third ward, this is Stephen Watson. It's Monday evening, and you're on the tee. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Now to take you around the course. Live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All Studios at Radio City. Alongside Stephen Watson, here's Gabe Neitzel. I had a lot of fun watching the PGA Tour this week. And not just because Max Homa, who is inherently like the most likable guy on the PGA Tour won. But, like the conditions were tough, even though last week, Steven, as we talked, like the field wasn't great. Like you only yeah. had two top twenty players. Rory McElroy found his way as he does to kind of backdoor his way into the top five. He's Mr. Backdoor. <laughs> He's just, he makes the cut on the number, puts together a pretty good round. But Saturday was so much fun to watch because, as Max Homa put it, and, and again, this is probably why Max Homa is so endearing. Like, he goes and he makes an appearance on the No Laying Up podcast. Like, he's in the middle of celebrating. He calls up the guys at No Laying Up, appears on their podcast. He was on with the guys at Pardon My Take. And he's just kind of lets everybody into this world um, that he he's living in and as he said like Saturday was it was just enough rain to be annoying just enough rain to make it wet and a little bit tougher because the ball's not going anywhere it's just cold enough to be miserable like it, it was really tough conditions and I had a lot of fun watching these guys hit like chippy six irons little half five iron like doing whatever they could to try to get around that course in D.C. I don't know if Jason Day would agree with you that he enjoyed Saturday <laughs> very very much that was tough Tough look that for that him. was a tough little weekend for Mr. Day. I I also love watching guys struggle. I, I think it's it's endearing to us as casual golf fans to watch them play in elements and you know get creative on a golf course and maybe struggle's not the right word. Yeah, struggle's not I mean, because I definitely to Jason Day, I certainly like I felt bad for Jason Day. Yeah, but it's great theater. But it's it's very similar and the conditions were much tougher when the wind picked up at the players earlier this yeah. year. And guys are trying to figure out what they have to do to hold the island green on number seventeen. So many guys were hitting eight irons that would just balloon up and fall short. And we talked about Justin Thomas. Yeah. He hit six like flights of perfect six and iron. And that's but that's what these guys had to do. You you know, you had to hit cuts, had to hit draws, had to hit these low-flighted shots. And it's, to me, that's a lot more entertaining than just watching Trackman golf where, well, my 8-iron goes this far and I have this far to go. I'm just going to swing this club. So it's just so much fun to see these guys demonstrate the skill level that they have that they don't always need to use. Because we see it, like we've we've all experienced that, playing golf in rain and playing in golf in wind, and we know how much that can ruin a round for us, and, and a golf experience, really. And when you see guys at that level take it to another level, and you just realize, wow, these guys are built different. Like the way that they can, you know, navigate around a golf course, hit knockdowns, you know, little you know, bunty drivers just yeah. to keep it in play. Those are the types of shots that I think separate the single-digit handicaps from where these guys are, and and watching the way that they can just creatively navigate around the golf course and know how to play in every single type of element. 
It's unbelievable. And yeah, and that's and again, Max Homa goes out and wins it. So that's that's what I want to talk about because Max Homa is part of the reason why his story I think is endearing to everybody is because this is a guy, if you're unfamiliar with the Max Homa story, like he's he's a guy who had a prolific amateur career. He won an NCAA individual championship while he was at Cal, came out to the PGA tour, and as he tells it, he tried to make some changes to do some things that he thought he needed to do in order to compete on tour, and that just took away his confidence. Like He was ranked, I believe the lowest he was ranked was 1,049th in the world. He's now a top 30 player after this win. He's ranked 29th in the world in the official world golf rankings. But he fell off like the face of the earth. Didn't When he was on the PGA Tour for the first time, I think he made one cut. Yeah. Like he did not make any money the first time around. $18,000. <laughs> Which is... When you think about how much money is in this game right now, 18000 <laughs> And it's not like we're talking he did this back in, you know, dude's 31 years old, which is kind of old for the PGA Tour right 2017. Now. Yeah, like this wasn't that long ago where there was a ton of money available. So he grinds it out. He gets his card back through the Corn Ferry Tour. And since he won the Wells Fargo in 2019, he's rattled off four wins. Twice at the Wells Fargo, won the Fortinet Championship this past uh, this past fall, and also, you know, won at Riv. You know, won one of the big PGA Tour events out there with the Genesis Invitational. In front of his idol, Tiger. Yeah, and, and on the course that he went to when he was a kid. Yeah. To watch PGA Tour golf, so he has put together since that 2019 four wins, which puts us puts him on a very short list of people to have that many wins in that time frame. And Max Homa, first of all, he's fun to watch. I love the, his move through the ball, like the way he controls his irons is so is so fun to watch. And when he's in contention, he's a great guy to to, to pay attention to. But as loaded as some of these, I mean, think about what just happened at Aaron Hills. Excuse me, not Aaron Hills. We're going to Aaron Hills next week. We'll be talking about that in a little bit. Uh, but think about what happened at Whistling Straits last year and how stacked that team was. Scotty Scheffler, the now number one player in the world, was the last pick, 12th pick of that team. Controversial to say. Uh, yes, yeah, certainly. But as well as Max Homa has played with the wins he's rattled off, does he potentially have a spot? This year for the President's Cup, and then keep an eye on him as well as he's playing next year, because I think his iron play and his driving accuracy this past week was so good. He had a couple loose ones down the stretch, but he was so good. He was hitting so many fairways Saturday and Sunday. I think that he could probably play a factor and maybe be a good pick for Rome. What, What do you think? Does he have a chance to be a factor on some of these teams? I remember sitting down with you in our show after the Ryder Cup in the fall, and I think our final segment was, who's next? Who's going to be the guy that joins the Ryder Cup? You know, maybe two or three of those guys at the bottom, because that team was so dominant. It was a historic win for Team USA. You can't imagine anybody else playing on Team USA, but Harris English is hurt right now. Bryson is hurt right now. DJ... I mean, he probably has earned the right to be on a Ryder Cup team for the rest of eternity with how dominant he was at Whistling Straits. But I look at a guy like Harris English, and I was like, I take Max over him. And I, I think I think that Max, I mean, he, he's won 10% of the tournaments he's played in. Yeah, his last 40 starts, he's won four times. It's unbelievable. It, it, it's I, I think he had one win in his first 100-plus events, 110 mm-hmm. events, and he's had three. Oh, yeah, three in his last 30. I'm sorry, that's that's what the stat is. Three, yeah. three in his last three in 30. Three in his last 30. That's a 10% winning percentage. That is, that's Tiger-like. Maybe even better than what some of Tiger has done in his career. Do I think he'll continue that rate? No. But I do think that he deserves to certainly be in the mix 
for this fall at Quail Hollow, especially a course that he has won at as a past Wells Fargo champion. I think no question Max Homa has just elevated himself into that conversation. And when you look at the breakdown of a team, it's similar to a Ryder Cup team. You've got six you know, picks for captain's picks and then six who qualify automatically on points. I mean, Max has earned that right now, if you ask me. Yeah, the next step for him, and I, I don't want to overblow this win because we spent last week just yeah, harping how bad this down. field yeah how bad the field was but for him to win this event on two different courses i also think that says something about him you know yes he's won this event twice but it's not like he's specifically designed to play at this course you know like oh he's only going to have success here the way that you know we've seen kevin kisner have success in the match play because he's fit at austin country club so well right yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. like max has won yeah he's won this event twice but he's now one of two very to me very different golf courses as well between TPC Potomac and Quail Hollow. So yes, I think he he's played well. I think he's he definitely earns it for this fall. But the next thing for him is competing in majors. Yeah. He hasn't had that top 10. He hasn't had that in a major. And I think the next two are ones where he could potentially make some noise. Just because what the PGA has kind of become at times where the scores have gone down lower, and certainly U.S. Open, when you look at where Max has won in the way, he's not scoring 22 under par. You know, He's not winning at those courses where it just becomes a birdie fest. He's a guy that can grind out some pars. He's a guy that's just going to play and, and kind of keep himself in it where you don't need to make a ton of birdies. The way kind of Brooks Kepka's won at the PGA and yeah. at the US Open, that's where I think Max like can comparison. potentially compete where Max isn't going to go 22 under par. But if the winning score is at 8 under par, 4 under par for a US Open, I think that's where he can compete. You like him at Brookline? I do. I do. I, I like his chances at Brookline. I mean, I'm not gonna. I, I honestly, I don't think Max goes out and wins a major, but I think we see his name as well as he is playing. Like, I'm not gonna pick him to win a major, but I think we're going to see him on that front page of the leaderboard. The thing that I I think about with Max Homa, and it's hard not to get lost in how good of a guy he is, and how yes. likable he is, and how great he is on social media, and how well respected he is among the the players on the PGA Tour. You know, it's it's hard to to not get past that the likability, but then you think about what makes a good team and what makes a good Ryder Cup team. It's guys coming together, and that's what Stricker did so well at Whistling Straits was getting, you know, 12 individuals, four to six of them with pretty polarizing, yeah. you know... Well, I mean, you think just like, Brooks and Bryson, how he's able to diffuse that. Even, and even getting it. DJ to, to open up a little bit. And, and you know, you've got, you've got Spieth and JT off to the side. They're kind of your... Your faces and you know the voices of USA Golf right now, but Brooks is tough and Bryson is tough and DJ's tough and then you've got these these young guys that people don't know a whole lot about in Xander and Patrick, and I, I think about a Max Homa being a perfect fit for a team event because I he's just so likable. He seems like the guy who will just be like, yeah, I'll play with anybody any day. We'll have fun. We'll go out there and win. Yeah, well, and, and I think that that's why I think I, I could see him on a president, President's Cup team. I don't think he's at a Ryder Cup level yet. Sure. But I could see him this fall, especially with this history of Quail Hollow, being a good fit. And if, and if he plays well, who knows? If he can, can kind of continue this because it just seems like he's getting better and better and better. Like he, Again, he won in 2019. Then he goes and wins at Riv. And now he's got two wins on the PGA Tour this season with the wraparound. So yeah. if he just continues to improve and that confidence improves. And I think what Max has done is he's found a way to kind of mesh that good guy 
personality that he has because he is he's a fantastic you know you, you listen to any of the interviews he does friend of the show yeah, yeah and the way he the, the way he lets you into his life you can't help but root for him but he told the story on the no laying up podcast of how after he made a birdie on or no, it was after he made the bogey save when his lead was cut down to one keegan made a really good birdie he was all over the place, makes a bogey at a three-shot lead, suddenly it's down to one. And his caddy just reminded him, hey, you're a bleeping killer. Like, And he, he had that he does, killer... He does have that little assassin... Yeah. So type. I think he's got that... He's he's found a way to be able to flip that switch and go into killer mode, which is, I, I think, great for some of the team golf. And I really hope he continues to play well and doesn't just fall off over the next couple of months. Yeah. So he gets that opportunity... At Quail Hollow in the President's and, Cup. And just for people that are maybe casual golf fans and don't realize the heater that Homa is on right now, Kyle Porter had a great tweet over the weekend. Worldwide wins since January 1st of 2021. At four, you have Cantley, Scheffler, and Hovland. At three, Homa, Morikawa, Burns, and Hideki Matsuyama, as Cam Smith as well in that. At two, so guys that he has more wins than since January 1st, 2021. Rom, Rory, Xander, Spieth, among others. Yeah, I mean, it, again, you think about how good John Rahm was last year and the fact that, I mean, for Rahm, it's really like three because the memorial should yeah, count. He yeah, was, like, true. lapping the field when he had to leave with COVID-19. But still, as good as John Rahm was, to be on that same playing field, that that's unbelievable how well he has played since January 1st, 2021. And that's what this game is. I mean, we've seen so many unbelievable golfers Jordan Spieth, for example, you know, start off on a heater and then fall off the face of the golf world. And then he started to work his way back. So it's hard to be that consistently dominant on the PGA Tour with the number of talent, talented players that are out there right now. I, I agree with you, though. I mean, are we going to talk about Justin Thomas in a majors when we're talking about Max Homa? I, I, we need to see him contend on a Sunday at a major event for him to really be taken seriously. But, man, four PGA Tour wins. <laughs> there are a lot of golfers that would take that. Yeah, the, the, he is, again, playing some really good golf right now. On the Tees opening segment brought to you by Heartland Movement Center. Improve your golf game with a personalized approach from their experienced team. Learn more at heartlandmovementcenter.com. It seems like we talk about this every week, Stephen, but the PGL, if you're unfamiliar, well, they sent out a pretty desperate letter to the membership of the PGL. PGA will describe what that is, what it means for golf moving forward. Coming up next on the tee. You're listening to On the Tee with Gabe Neitzel and Stephen Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. It seems like a near weekly topic in the world of golf. Other tours coming into the PGA, coming into the world of golf, other than the PGA Tour, the DP World Tour, and what is everybody going to be doing about this? And we're going to discuss that right now. Thanks to our friends at Ewald in It's All About the Drive. Sometimes it's all about the drive. But off the tee, it's all about the drive. The best and biggest shots of the weekend. That house is like 400 yards away. Is that good? That's unbelievable. It's all about the drive. On On the Tee is brought to you by Ewald Automotive. Shop the Ewald Automotive Group, home of the 20-year, 200,000-mile limited warranty on all new vehicles. Visit any of their eight locations today, in-store or online at ewaldautomotive.com. Ewald Automotive. We make it easy. So what we're looking at right now on the PGA Tour is... 
a, a threat coming from a number of different areas. I'm going to try to recap this as quickly and as best as I can. So you have Live Golf invest, Investments, which is backed by the Saudi Arabian government. Like the Saudis are funding this. They have dates. They have people asking to play in their events. They've got one coming up that is going to be played the week before the U.S. Open. And it's going to be happening over in England. They're going to have some events here in the United States. They're roughly putting together an outline of what they want their potential international series to look like as they build up what their membership could potentially look like. They have eight events right now. Eight events, yes. On the books. Eight events on the books. And they wanted to have a team element. They've kind of scrapped that to an extent where there's going to be a team element every event, but the team's going to be different every event. They're just kind of making it up as as they go, but they want to get this thing off the ground. Then you have the PGL. Um, the Premier Golf League, which originally was partnered with the Saudi Arabians, and and the Saudi government had a little bit of their money in there. There was some pushback, so they dropped the Saudis, and then the Saudis went out to kind of do their own thing. And the PGL model, more or less, of three-round events, team, uh, team golf, things like that that Liv is trying to do is essentially the PGL model. And the PGL this past week sent a, I don't know, threatening is too far, but a pretty panicky letter to the PGA Tour membership saying, hey, we're trying to get the PGA Tour to partner with us. We can generate a bunch of money for everybody involved. We can keep the PGA Tour. We can keep the Corn Ferry Tour. We can keep the DP World Tour while still having this additional tour that we want to create. Uh, and saying, hey, either partner with us or watch Live do it. And who knows what happens from there. So it, it's an incredibly desperate letter. But more or less... Change is happening in golf. And the PGA Tour and their membership need to make a decision probably sooner rather than later with what they want to do because it's not looking... I mean, the change is coming. It's already happening. We mentioned there are eight events for Live Golf on the books. You're going to have to make some decisions. And right now, it seems like most people are just willing to bury their heads in the sand and pretend none of this is happening. Do you really need to make decisions, though? I mean, that's what I keep struggling with with these alternate tours because it seems like most of the big names and names that are the future of golf and continuing to grow this game are still all in on the PGA Tour. I, I just I feel like these are just like pimples on the butt of like this sport right now. These like alternate tours that are just they're trying to grow and grow and grow, and let's just pop them and be done. But. How uh, those younger players? How long are they going to be loyal to the PGA Tour when they see the money Jason Kokrak is going to pull in by playing six of these events? How much are they going to stay loyal to the PGA Tour when they see how much money Sergio Garcia is able to gobble up? How much money is Martin Keimer going to gobble up? Do we know what this money looks like, though? Oh yeah, we do. Um, I believe it's twenty million dollars an event. Twenty million dollar purse for everything, and it's a limited field, so it's a bigger purse than what the we just saw for the Players Championship, and it's a lot less fewer players that they end up paying. It's a lot of money that that the Saudi Arabians are putting into this thing, and that money is only going to continue to get bigger and bigger, and the winner's share is going to get bigger and bigger. So if you have somebody like Lee Westwood or Richard Bland, who's forty nine years old, go out and win one of these events, which is certainly possible, because early on the fields are going to be terrible. Like, they're just going to be bad. Yeah. But once you see the money that they start winning, guys are going to go, well, maybe it's not that bad. And that's the part. The, the, the amount of money that they are generating with this, and 
seemingly limitless, limitless amount of money that the Saudi Arabian government has to, to put money into this tour. Like, that's that's the part you got to worry about. I think the thing that fascinates me most about these tours is how are we going to watch them? Like, how, how are they going to be seen? Like, I get that the money is bigger, but you still need to grow as a tour. Like, yes. you still need to generate interest, and you need to get fan support. And at the end of the day, the money is going to come from ticket sales and from TV rights. Well, that's, mostly TV rights. Yeah, and that... that I'm just... I'm fascinated by that side of it. Maybe it's my TV brain clicking in right now, but, like, <laughs> I, I just want to know, like, who is willing to make that first big deal and piss off the PGA Tour? Because once you make that deal... I can't imagine PGA Tour is going to be happy about it. But what can the PGA Tour do? Like, they've, they've got their TV contracts locked in. So if Fox Sports decides yeah. they want to make a deal, like, well, you guys didn't choose us anyway, so what do we care? We're going to go, we're going to televise this golf event over here. And, and so the PGA Tour, they've, they've clearly seen this as a threat. There's a reason that the Players' Championship went up the way it did. There's a reason why we see this uh, uh, the, the players, the PIP, the Players Impact Program, yeah. and Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson and all these guys. I don't even know if Phil can cash in on that anymore. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Good question. Um, but, you know, we see these guys cashing in on all these new opportunities through the PGA Tour, and they're able to generate this more money because they just had new TV deals kick in with ESPN, CBS, and NBC. So they've got a little bit of extra money to kind of throw towards these things. But the reason why they're throwing more money at this, and you see those purses going up quicker and quicker, it's because of the threat that Live Golf. And maybe if the PGL decides to try to do their own thing instead of partner with the PGA Tour, then you got to wait and see how much money they can generate. But that's that's what they're doing. They're going, hey, I see how much money they have. we got to up our purses in order to protect ourselves. But that's the only thing that they've been doing. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I still am just not a full believer in these these different tours at this point. I, I as a golf fan, watching Lee Westwood interests me zero percent. And I get I get why oh, yeah. Lee wouldn't be making that move and I get that it's about higher purses, but you still gotta swim, you know, at some point yeah. if you're if you're gonna have these tournaments and televise them and have people buy tickets like you can make your purses as big as you want, but you still you're going to need the TV and you're going to need the attendance to continue to allow this thing to survive. And and, and again, Sergio Garcia interests me zero now. Yeah. Um, currently, just great because, story a couple of years ago at Augusta. After yeah, that, nothing, nothing does and, nothing. I mean, he you know you thought maybe he changed. He talked about perspective. He got married. <laughs> he had a daughter, and now nah, he's through the, the hissy fit of you know on the PGA Tour. I can't wait to get out of here. We won't have to deal with you in a couple of weeks. As if there's not going to be rules officials in the Live Golf League, like making rulings on things like losing your golf ball and not finding it in the three minutes. Even if if Sergio happened to be in the right in this, it just it just wasn't a good book. It was childish. It was very childish. But again, the part that I get worried about is that they've got that with the money that Live Golf has, it's not like they're going to have these eight events and then just fold up. They're going to continue to pour money into this thing. They're not like any other startup where the PGL has to generate their own money. Live Golf doesn't have to do that. So Live Golf, you know, if they take if it's one guy, if they convince one one of those top twenty superstars in golf, like, yeah, I don't have to play as much and I make more money over there. Why wouldn't I just go do that? He goes over. 
and that draws another person over and another person over. The amount of money that they have and they don't have to follow the typical rules. Now, eventually, yes, they're clearly going to want to make some sort of return on investment on this eventually. Yeah. But I fully believe that they're willing to lose a lot of money before they get to that point. So if you're the PGA Tour, how do you handle players leaving your regular PGA Tour events? I, I, and, you know, we, we always talk about the big PGA Tour events, the mm-hmm. ones that these guys circle on their calendars that they're going to be at. But do you penalize guys for going to these other tours? I mean, is there going to be suspensions? Is there going to be... So the interesting part is going to be that first U.S. event, which I believe is out west. Pumpkin Ridge, I want to say, maybe, in in Oregon. Uh, And it's going to be opposite of the PGA Tour's um, Canadian Open. Yeah. So the Canadian Open going on that first week. And they've, they've given, you know, leaves before for the European Tour. Now they're partnered with the European Tour, but they've done it before with the European Tour. Obviously granted these releases for these guys to play in, in the Saudi events previous. And this first one, they're going to have to pretty much grant those releases because the first event is going to be in England. It's, it's on international soil, so they've kind of set the precedent of those releases are going to be granted. The interesting thing is what is going to happen when some of those guys ask for those releases for the event that's on U.S. soil. Because yeah. that seems to be, at least the way I follow it, kind of the line of demarcation that's going to make things a little bit more interesting. And can the PGA Tour institute lifetime bans? Can they do things like that? Um Phil. <laughs> no, he, yeah. He's playing next week, right? Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I think All he right. is. All right. It'll be the first time we've seen him in how many months? Well, I mean, you saw the video that got leaked of him a couple weeks ago, right? Was that him? I mean, it was a beefier version of Phil with a beard. I'm not convinced you that think video there's a, there's, You think there's a left-handed Phil doppelganger that's put on a couple of pounds? I, I, I watched that video many times, the and I'm not fully familiar. convinced. It looked a little too, like, leany, like a little... Uh, well, yeah, I mean, he's got some more weight he's got to account for yeah. now, so he's got to, you know, that's, like that's going to throw the swing that off a little bit. weight onto his front foot a little too much, <laughs> but maybe he does have a little bit more weight. I still picture him being, like, uh, the end of dodgeball. <laughs> you know, just, like, watching the PGA Tour. and he just cursing on Jay Monahan. Yeah. Uh, or no, he's F- cursing on F- Alan F- Shipnuck. F- yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> that's that's who he's really cursing. Instead of Chuck yeah. Norris, it's Alan Shipnuck. <laughs> Golf weather in Wisconsin is here. If you're looking for a great place to get outside, head to Fairways of Woodside in Sussex. I actually plan to get out there and play tomorrow. It's a great atmosphere, great food, drink menu, amazing hospitality. What separates Fairways of Woodside is they get it. They know golf is supposed to be fun, and they make sure you have fun while you're out there playing around. I love to get out there with my golfing buddies. You should, too. Book your tee time at fairwaysofwoodside.com. It's an actual Good field Woo! at the AT&T Byron Nelson Championship. Take that, Liv Tour. We're going to take a look at that field and make some Gruber Law Offices one call, that's all picks coming up next on the tee. This is On the Tee with Gabe Neitzel and Stephen Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Last week, all we did on this show, seemingly, was rag about how bad the field was the last two weeks. In in, in fairness, the the fields were bad. They, They had combined four top 20 players in the world playing in those two events. 
That is not the case this week. Uh, you have a pretty star-studded cast playing in the Byron Nelson AT&T Championship, tuning up before the PGA comes in two weeks. Uh, but we've got Scotty Scheffler. We have Justin Thomas, Will Zalatoris, Jordan Spieth, Sam Burns, Xander Shoffley, uh, Hideki Matsuyama, Dustin Johnson, uh, among others who are actually going to be playing in this event. Uh, you know, Brooks Kepka playing, Tommy Fleetwood is playing. So a lot of big names that you're going to recognize playing this week. And all I can say, Stephen, is it's about damn time. <laughs> I, I <laughs> Is this just how this show is going to be? Are we just going to rip all of these like non-big PGA Tour events and wonder what the live is going to look like instead? Yeah, it very well could be until that first live until the first couple live events come around. Yeah. Well, I, hey, it's tune up. We got we got the PGA Championship next. We do week. have the PGA Championship. I'm I'm just if you're playing, you got to be playing this weekend. You got to get got to get ready which for it, Tulsa. And what actually makes me a little bit I'm trying to think of the best way to word, phrase this. I'm I I asked you just kind of offhand last segment. Oh, Phil's playing next week, right? And you said absolutely. Phil's a guy who likes to play the week before. He likes to play the week before a major and kind of get that running start into that major week. He's not in the field. He's not playing this week. And that's what makes me kind of question if we're going to have the defending PGA champion play in the PGA championship next week at Southern Hills. That that just has me... Now, I, I'm still leaning towards he plays, but I'm not 100% saying the way I was with Tiger after Tiger made his visit to um, Augusta National. Yeah. And though, but I honestly feel that even because Tiger's made the visit to Southern Hills as well, and I kind of feel like Tiger's going to play, and if I had to say pick one to play, I'm more confident in Tiger versus Phil next week. I actually agree with you on that that statement. I think Tiger's 100% playing. Yes. I think he's going to play in all four majors this year. I really do. Maybe yeah. Brookline is probably the biggest question mark, but I, I think we'll see Tiger play every major. Yeah, I mean, he's already committed to the British, and I mean, he won he's at Southern play at Hills. St. Andrews. He's not going to yeah, miss cor- St. Andrews. Yeah, hundred percent. Which I mean, I'm only playing that in like ten days here, but who's counting? Um, just casually, that, that just casually drop that out there. That I'm that I'm gonna. I've got a Scotland golf trip. It's, coming it's a up shame. Here. It's kind of like it's uh, it, it's not like Augusta where we know Phil would have to present the green jacket to somebody. Like, <laughs> Be a part of the the. It does. The, it does seem weird that we still have not. I, I'm not believing that video is Phil. So I, I'm still surprised we have not had a Phil sighting, and we're like ten less than ten days from the yeah. opening round of the PGA Championship. Like what? What is Phil going to look like on the first tee if he comes back? <sighs> I I don't know. I mean, do you th- will Phil be cheered? Because Phil is a is a crowd yeah, and beloved. fan favorite, but is he going to be cheered as he walks to that first tee? I think yes, because I think and look, I think that yes, I'm sure some casual golf fans are listening to the show right now. But I feel that if you're listening for an hour to a show about golf, like you love golf, you're, yeah. you're like Stephen and I, like you just can't get enough. You absolutely love it, so you probably have more of an opinion on Phil, but. People who are going to the PGA Championship know, hey, this is a big event, and then they see Phil and go, yep, I know Phil. Hey, wasn't he involved in some sort of controversy? Who cares? Let's go, Phil. So I think he's going to be cheered if he shows up. I'm really fascinated to see what he like, what the embrace is going to be like with the players, because like leading up to that event, so it's going to be a lot of press conferences, and they're usually asked about Tiger. They're going to be asked about Phil. If Phil is there or not there, Phil is still going to be a huge talking point 
well, for, JT, for player press conferences leading up to Southern Hills. When this whole thing hit, JT was asked about it. JT, you know, called him greedy and uh, you know, removed from reality. Like he had a lot of bad things to say about Phil. And it seems like not a lot of players. In fact, I can't think of a single player who rushed to Phil's defense. Whereas with Says Tiger, you have a lot of people on the tour and outside of the tour who defend Tiger. Where Phil was kind of left out on an island. Yeah. Well, a lot of these guys, there, there's a Tiger effect that's not fair to, to put them in the same sentence because all these guys are making the money they are because of Tiger, not because of Phil. Um, and I think with what Tiger, Tiger has really changed the way that he has had player relationships over the last oh, couple certainly. of years. Phil, I still think, is just a cocky guy who wants to beat you and take your money. Fig Jam. <laughs> You're familiar with Fig Jam, right? I, I, I'm not, no, should I? Oh, so Fig Jam is the Phil Mickelson nickname, which oh. stands for Bleep I'm Good, Just Ask Me. I've never heard that before, but yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's Phil Mickelson for you. That's that, I mean, like, that was the nickname Phil, that he was given like, by fellow tour players when he first came that's out. That's great. I mean, like Phil winning the PGA was an unbelievable story oh, and so, so cool. good for the game, but so cool. it was so bad for his ego. <laughs> <laughs> But well, here and here's the other thing, um, with with Steve Stricker, that was another ego that Strick allowed into the That's a room great point. at at Whistling Straits because there were questions about well, is Phil going to be Academy he won the PGA? I'm not sure if he made a cut after he won the PGA. So and after every missed cut, he reminded you that he won the PGA. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, which in fairness, I probably would do the yeah. same thing, uh, but. But Phil's got this massive ego, and there were some concerns. I heard Shane Ryan talking about this. So Shane Ryan has a book that comes out that came out today, and I have ordered it um, called "The Cup They Couldn't Lose," and it's about the Ryder Cup, specifically about the Ryder Cup that just happened up at Whistling Straits, and how it's about how Team USA got to this place where they absolutely dominated that Ryder Cup. And he was talking about on on one of the the interviews I heard him do about Phil. And there was some concern amongst players, like, if Phil gets into that room as an assistant captain, like, he is just such a big personality that he's going to take over. And Strick somehow convinced him, just more or less be a mascot. Yeah. Like, walk, just walk around the grounds, give the Phil thumbs big up. thumbs up. You know, and wave to the crowd, you know, make people. And it, certainly he had his own pod that he worked with a handful of players, but he did not take over the way some people thought. Again, tip of the cap to Steve Stricker for another big ego that he was able to manage en route to a historic victory. Yeah, I man, Phil, we could do hours. <laughs> and we both trying to talk about the AT and T Byron Nelson. Yeah, let's we've, get there. We've, we've I, got distracted. I, we're going to talk Mickelson. about Phil next week because we're we're going to either learn, I would think, by our show next week on location to Aaron Hills if Phil is showing up to Tulsa or not. I think we'll know that by then. Well, yeah, because, I mean, Monday with the practice round starting, you would would assume that he would be there, much like Tiger was there at Augusta getting his practice round. We finally have a good event to watch this weekend. We do. And and the Byron Nelson is always a fun event. Um, I think at uh, TPC Craig Ranch should be a lot of fun. But I think you have to start with Scotty Scheffler. The dude, the, the defending Masters champ, who's won four of his last six individual events, um, apparently shot a 64 at Southern Hills in a practice round. So Used if you're thinking, ball. maybe this guy's going to cool down, maybe not yet. Jordan Spieth is the last player to win the first two events. Yep, 2015. Events in 2015. Um, I mean, am I making my Southern Hills pick right now? Because I'm 100% taking Scotty. How do you not? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you don't. Um, 
I, I want to take Brooks it's, for a major this year, but he, he just obvious. hasn't looked good. Scotty's on a a Tiger heater right now. Yeah, and you just you just don't you don't get off your heater. We, we were super impressed in the first segment with Max winning three out of ten. Yeah. Uh, you know, three <laughs> out of thirty, winning at a ten percent clip. This guy's won four of his last six. <laughs> That's Tiger esque. That's Tiger circa two thousand. Like, and it, and and again with Scotty, he's winning at a number of different golf courses. Yeah. You know, the, the the different venues. You know that he can bomb it out there if he needs to. He can play the iron game if he needs to. He's putted it so incredibly well. He's just doing everything so damn good right now. Um, Are you taking him this weekend though? I mean, I feel, I feel like Scotty is on such a heater. Like, you pick him until you don't. I mean, they're playing in Texas again. Yeah. Just, like, <sighs> it's hard not to pick him. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to make a different pick. So am I. I. Even though he shouldn't. Like, it's stupid. It is it literally... It's stupid to pick against Scotty Scheffler right now when he's in a field. Yeah. Except for the team event. I mean, he teamed up with Ryan Palmer for some reason in, in the Zurich. He's won but, four of six. Yeah, he's, he's won four of six individual events that he's entered. But I'm actually going to go a different direction, even though I shouldn't. I think this is the week Will Zalatoris gets oh, his first victory. Oh, that was victory. my pick! I think Will Zalatoris finally gets it done. It seems like the, the short putting stroke is a little less yippy right now. Although, I mean, it is just watching him putt something from three or four feet is as entertaining as anything on the PGA Tour right now because it is a Man. car crash. He is, making a fig- he is making a figure eight as he's trying to come through that thing. It is, it's a tough watch. And if they show the replays where they like show the close up on the putter head, I'm worried that thing's coming through the TV like the ring and it's going to infect you- me. <laughs> well, it's already infected me. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder, like, when I was watching Will on those short putts, what event was that? Was that, was that Bay Hill? It was Bay Hill. Uh, Augusta, you looked a little bit better. Like, and, and they were showing like the extreme slow mo of his take back, and like, yeah, his putter looked like, like he looked like he had Tourette's or something. Like, his putter was everywhere, and I was like, if you were to extreme slow mo my putter, what does it look like? You're a good putter. It doesn't look like that. I can guarantee you. Like I've got the utmost confidence when I play with you that you're making those three four footers, and it looks good. That's nice that you feel that way. I'm terrified <laughs> over those. <laughs> Okay, well, I was going to pick Will Zalatoris with my River Law Office's one call, that's all pick. I, he T5, T6, T4 in his last three starts. He's he, Talk about, you know, a guy who is, is going to win. I think he's going to win, and he's going to win soon. Um, but for the sake of not picking the exact same guy, we're playing in Texas. I'm going to take the golden boy. Jordan I'm going to take Spieth? Jordan Spieth. I, I'm I'm really hoping that he kind of has figured it out a little bit. I mean, his putter is, is the one thing that's kind of let him down. He, he in the win that he's had this year, he, he just striped the hell out of it. The iron game seems to be there, and the one thing that was he was so good at in putting, it just isn't there right now. If I mean, I, I'm just picturing a major season, the final three majors where Spieth is playing well. Maybe we get John Rahm playing well and Scotty playing well and Max. Like I, I just want these guys to be peaking. To make these majors even more interesting. We have amazing majors this year. Oh, we do. Amazing mm-hmm. locations. I mean, Brookline's going to be an awesome site for the U.S. Open. And, I mean, St. Andrews, uh, I doesn't cannot get wait. Yeah, I just, especially golf in the morning, baby. Like, there's nothing <laughs> oh, like. Coffee golf is There's fantastic. nothing like 
finishing with brunch on 18. Gosh, oh. I can't believe you're going to play that course. Yeah, I know. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Annex Wealth Management is a proud sponsor of On the Tee. It's time to know the difference. Annex Wealth Management provides investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning as a local fee-only fiduciary. It's time to put things in order. AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. So Scotty's going to win this weekend, right? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah no. Okay. We're, we're really stupid for picking against Scotty Scheffler. Again, you pick Scotty Scheffler until he stops winning. And even then, you might want to still think about picking Scotty Scheffler. Uh, the WPGA had one of their first big events of the year. It was the pro match play happening at a course that I feel gets underrated. Like Everybody knows it's good, but they don't talk about it quite as much as I think they should. We'll discuss that coming up next on the team. Four, it's On the Tee with Gabe Neitzel and Stephen Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Stephen, I know you're excited because I know I'm excited. Next week, we get to go into our favorite places on the planet, and that is Aaron Hills. And golf season is here, so make your plans to play Aaron Hills, the ninth-ranked public golf course in the nation. It's a beautiful course. It's hosted the U.S. Open, U.S. Amateur in September. It's hosting the USGA Mid-Amateur. It's also going to be hosting in 2025 the U.S. Women's Open. Aaron Hills is open all summer long. Book your reservations now for your golfing and lodging needs. If you want to plan ahead, Aaron Hills also accepting pre-booking for the 2023 golf season, which you may have to do. It's a popular place. Search for your availability. Begin your trip at AaronHills.com. E-R-I-N Hills.com. I'm already thinking about my sunset fescue rescue after our show next week. (laughs) Just dreaming about it. I love that place. I absolutely love that place. The hospitality is spectacular. The golf course is, again, it's the ninth-ranked golf course in the country, public golf course in the country. I think that's underrated. I just absolutely love how playable it is out there. Again, if you're a really good player, if you're a really bad player, I took my parents out there a couple years ago. And I know I've told the story before, but they don't play a ton of golf. But they had a lot of fun working their way around the golf course um, because, again, some of the fairways are so wide. Yeah. You know, they're able to just kind of hit it down, and you, you plod your way around the golf course. It's it's so much fun. I can't wait to be as out long there. as you're open to the walk. Yes, the walk is a grind. Yes, it is. The walk is it's, it's a long workout. one. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Um, Brian D did his brother's bachelor party out there a couple years ago. Oh goodness, walked it back to back days. Wow. He said he was really hurting after <laughs> after that second day. It was because I also think they we I was out there for the first day. We played until it was dark. Like coming up eighteen, it was pretty dark. It was hard to see, and then they played right away in the morning. So there wasn't like a big rest period. It was turn and burn. Which, again... Yeah, you'll get your steps in out there. You'll certainly get those steps in. Especially if you start dancing around that fescue. Yeah, you'll certainly get those steps in. So let's go ahead and dive into our course of the week, the one we're going to be talking about, courtesy of our friends at Waste Management. Fescue, hole placement, dog legs, hazards. What don't you want to know about Wisconsin's variety of golf courses? It's time for On the Tee to give you a course review. Brought to you by Waste Management, a company that values inclusion and diversity, safety, our customers, and the environment. Join the WM family and visit careers.wm.com. So, of course, that's not too far from Aaron Hills. Uh, and the WPGA had their uh, first round of their match play out there yesterday with all the pros. It's Washington County. Like, Washington County is... It's a, it's a county course. It's a municip- municipal golf course. And I feel, even though everybody knows how good it is after they play it, it's just still so incredibly underrated. It, it is one of my favorite golf courses to play. And it's always going to play 
kind of tough depending upon the wind direction. It's always going to be a little bit breezy out there because there's nothing out there to stop the wind from blowing. It's not it, it's not on the level of toughness of an Aaron Hills, but it has no. a similar type of feel, just like that link style, tall grass, you know, maybe two trees on the entire golf course. You yeah. know, it, it's you're you're out there and when you get that wind going, it's a it's not an easy round of golf. I, I, and they always they always keep it in really good condition, which I always appreciate for a public course that gets a lot of play. Um, I, I am with you, Gabe. I, I think Washington County, when I first moved to Milwaukee, it was one of the courses I played the most, and I was willing to make that drive. It's not exactly right in our backyard here in you know downtown Milwaukee, but if you're willing to drive 30 minutes. It's one of the better courses you can play in a 30-minute radius. The first thing, when we start talking about these golf courses and, and where I guess I think of starting to rate golf courses, I start at the par threes. And the par threes at Washington County, they're different. So you're not just, okay, this is a seven iron and you hit, you know, three, four, seven irons and those are the par threes. No, they're all in different directions. Um, the second par three on the front, which I believe is seven, no, six is one of the tougher par threes I'll play. It's a, it's a narrow green. You miss to the right. You kind of fall off. You've got some bunkering on the left. The, the green's kind of perched up, and it's tough to hit. Um, so that's a really good par three. Uh, 16 is another one. It's a longer one down the hill. If the pin's in front, pin's in back, it, it just plays so differently. And, and because you're so high up, you're going to have to try to flight it down. Yeah. And is it going to roll out too much now? And it's it's always a tough shot. It's always a fun challenge anytime you're out at I'm, Washington County. I'm looking at their scorecard right now, and... Um, I was I didn't realize like just how hard the par threes are. Yeah, like they are. If you're playing from the blue, the blues, which gets you about sixty five hundred yards. Okay, it's about like where you, you typical, and I would probably yeah. would play. Um, no par three is less than one hundred and seventy yards. Yeah, that's yeah. tough. And, and the first one, hole four, plays uphill. So, you know, that's going to play a little bit longer um, on that one. Like I said, I, I think six is um, such a tough hole as a par three. 16 is a tough one. Um, so the par threes are just, they're, they're spectacular. And the other in the other par three, uh, which is 13, I want to say, um, you, you kind of have this marshy swampland on the left. So you have to bail right, but you've got bunkering on the right too it's it's a tough challenge and when you walk away after a good round at Aaron Hills or excuse me at uh, at Washington County you know you played well yeah like if you like it's not okay I scraped it around and made a few putts no you have to hit quality golf shots this is the type of week where I should go play Washington County because I feel like every single time I've played it's been like 40 and windy (laughs) yes and we're actually getting good weather today I mean like this yeah today tomorrow this week is we're back baby They made us wait through April. So, man, we're back. Actually have some sort of a spring. It's actually drying out up there. And that's the other thing. It gets dry, so it kind of plays firm and fast. And um, it, it's just such a joy to play. So if you haven't, go ahead and go out there and play it. And it, It's available to anyone. It's it's a, it's a course that I know the, the WPGA, the WSGA, they like to use when they can because it's such a quality golf course. Yeah, 18's a great finishing hole, too, when you've got the, the two bunkers on the left that you got to carry. Mm-hmm. You know, I... Yeah, I. It's really it. When you talk about like some of the great courses in Milwaukee and the hidden gems we have in this area, Washington County's at the top of that list. But again, I, I feel like it's a course that everybody knows it's good, but nobody 
Like, it still doesn't somehow get talked about enough. Yeah. Like you bring it up and everybody likes, oh, yeah, that's a great course. But it's one that I, I try to make it up there four or five times a year because I absolutely love playing at Washington What else County. is in that, like, list with you? Like, ones that you should be playing more than you do? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, probably Nagawaki. Yeah. Uh, out west. Um, I think that's a quality golf course. It's not as good as Aaron Hills, but it's certainly a really good golf course. And another county-owned golf course that is quality, really fun to play, and I just don't play enough. I like Morningstar. I, I, I don't yeah, get out there enough. That's another good one. That's a, that's a fun course to play. You know, yeah. a lot of terrain, a lot of oh, yeah. elevated it's a beautiful, shots. Yeah, beautiful elevation out there, certainly. Yeah. It always, it's always a fun to play. It's always fun to do this show. We're going to talk about how wrong we were and how we should have picked Scotty Scheffler next Monday because, I mean, come on, let's face I'm it. I'm saving him for Southern Hills. Yeah, baby. I mean, it's, but we're going to be talking major golf next week. We can't wait for it. Thanks for coming along on the ride. This is Ben on the team.